Well, good morning. Welcome to Spruce Grove Community Church, or should I say Community Church in Spruce Grove. I don't know if you caught it, but yesterday the leader of the opposition party in Canada, the Conservative Party, Andrew Scheer, in Parliament shared some of the essentials of the gospel. He talked about this being Easter weekend where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So today is Resurrection Sunday. I'm so glad you could be here. Now, it's interesting, the scenario that we have as we're going online the way we are. Do you remember years ago, when maybe when your kids were young and the kids would say, oh, do we have to go to church? And we'd always say to the kids, you know, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. Well, I want you to know that as I look around the room and we have a scattered few people here who are technicians, soundmen, musicians, the realization today is there are a few of us that get to go to church. And I know many of you out there watching would love to be here right now today. And maybe God is beginning to change the nature of the meaning of our language. And from this time forward, my prayer is that we'll remember these times and we'll say, hey, we're not, we don't have to go to church. We get to go to church. We get to be together with the family of God. We get to be together in the same room worshiping God. Now, we don't get to do that today, but here's the beauty of the Holy Spirit, that the same atmosphere that can be here in the room as we begin to worship can come into the room where you are. The same anointing of the Holy Spirit can fall upon you as you sit, as you stand, as you lift your hands, as you worship, as you release your sound of praise to God. So I want you to join us this morning with Community Church in Spruce Grove as we worship the risen King of kings and Lord of lords. We declare today, He is risen. He is risen indeed. I just feel like I have to pause during our worship today because I know, I feel in my spirit that there are people watching. You're not a Christian. You don't know what it means to be born again. But I had a distinct impression. You know, you hear this testimony of people who have heart problems. They go for surgery. And after they come out of their surgery, they can't believe how good they feel. Because what's happening is over the years, some creeping heaviness is coming upon their life, squeezing the energy out of them, and they don't even realize it's happening until suddenly they're released from it. I want you to know that there's a darkness that has been plotting your demise all the days of your life. And that darkness has been increasing and increasing and increasing. And Jesus Christ has come today to say, I want to set you free from the power of sin and death and darkness. There's a heaviness. There is witchcraft. There are things that have camped over your life. And I want to tell you today, and I want to pray for you right now, that you're going to get a glimpse of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that you will get a sense, a little, a, little, a little insight into what it might feel like if resurrection life began to flow through your body. So Jesus, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, that anybody who's watching, who's under the weight and the heaviness of witchcraft, there are curses on their life, there are things, incantations that are binding them, that are bringing them into increasing slavery. I say in the name of Jesus, let light 
begin to shine right where they are. Let the resurrection of power of Jesus Christ by His Holy Spirit begin to enter the room where you are. May you begin to feel the tangible power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that can set you free. You have not been called to bondage. God has called you and come with a message that you can be free from the darkness that steals from your life. In Jesus' name, grab a hold of this today. Lean into God today. Thank you, Father. If you're a believer out there and you're listening, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for your neighbors right now. I want you to pray for your loved ones. I want you to pray for people that are watching this that do not know the life-giving power of Jesus Christ. One of the things that happens after you've been free for a long time, you forget what bondage feels like. You forget the, the, the weight of heaviness. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we pray for the tormented. God, we pray for those whose minds are being ravaged by fear, by confusion, by darkness. Lord, we break the tyranny of the powers of darkness against our neighbors, against people in our city. God, we ask in Jesus' name that the purpose for which Jesus came would be realized in the lives of those around us. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to encourage you to believe. If you're not a Christian today, I encourage you to believe and reach out to Jesus who can save you, Jesus who can heal you, Jesus who can set your mind and your emotions free. But if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you, no matter how much of God that you have experienced, you've only put your toe into the waters. You've only barely tasted. I don't care how much you think you have tasted of God. There is so much, so much, so much more. And I believe we're at a threshold of experiencing the immensity of this God, of this God that wants to pour out his goodness on the nations. Father, I pray that you would align us as your church to be the manifestation of your beauty and your glory. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for what you planned from before the foundations of the earth. God, let it be. In Jesus' name. Well, we're going to shift right now. Well, good morning, community church. Uh, the first thing I want to say to all of you is that we miss you guys so much. You know, uh, it's been four Sundays it's been a month already, and it just seems crazy that that much time has passed already. But our team, we just love you so much. And if I could right now, I just want to come and hug all you guys. And so we kind of have to give ourselves a hug right now because we can't really hug anybody else. But we love you guys so much. And I just want to declare something right now. Is I want to declare the time is coming soon where we're going to get to come together and celebrate. And so I declare a celebration is coming soon in the name of Jesus. A celebration is coming soon in the name of Jesus. You know, I miss you so much. I was thinking uh, of just 
some of you today, and I was thinking, I wonder what they're doing as they're watching the service. And I had these pictures. I could see Anita and the Krebs and my wife sitting there watching the service with their cats on their laps. I could see Deidre smiling, and I miss that smile as she stands at the door. And the same with Lori and our welcome team, always standing there smiling, ready to shake a hand. I know Rudy is sitting there right now making some kind of wisecrack about me. I love you, Rudy, but you know it's true. And we all know that Della Ray is probably already crying. Right, Della? We know it's true. But we love you guys so much. And this is such a different season upon us. So many different things coming our way so quick. You know, I was... I was thinking about this, and, uh, you know, I'm sure some of you have been looking at some of the Facebook memes and stuff like that that are showing up, and there's a couple that stand out to me. One of the ones I heard, it's kind of funny, it, it said a month ago when someone sneezed, we said, we bless you, but now when someone sneezes, we all run for cover, right? And it's kind of true. I was in no frills the other day, and if one or two people sneeze, I mean, everybody's giving you that look of death. It's like something just grips our hearts. It's a different season. I saw another funny one, and this other one basically said, when you're planning your holidays this summer, are you deciding to go to the basement, or if you're lucky, maybe the backyard? You know, there's so many different things we're talking about right now. No one thought this would be our reality, but it is our reality. It's in what's in front of us right now. And so today, if I had a, a title for this message, I would say it's probably, but God. But God, in the midst of all this change, in the midst of all this stuff that's going on, but God. And I want you even just to declare that in your homes right now regardless of your own circumstances and situations, but God. And so today, that is going to be the title is, But God's. You know, uh, probably about uh, three or four days ago, maybe a week ago, I needed to go to No Frills. And uh, I make a pretty mean tuna melt. Right? My mom will tell you, I make a good tuna melt because she taught me how to do this. Now I know how to do this. But in order to make a good tuna melt, there's a few things you need. Right? You need some pickles and you need some hot peppers. Now, we didn't have those two things. Amongst other things, when this is all done, I'll be inviting some of you to my house. I will make you my famous tuna melt because it is good. But I was missing the pickles and I was missing the hot peppers, the banana peppers. And so I made my way over to No Frills. And I got there, and I started to maneuver to the aisle that I needed to go down. And when I got to the aisle, I started to walk down it. And I could see this lady just kind of kneeling down, and she was getting something from the groceries on this side. And I could see that the pickles were right there. I thought, okay, there are my pickles. And so I slowly reached over, and I grabbed the pickles, and I put them inside my little uh, pack and I'm sitting there going, okay, where are the banana peppers? And I'm kind of looking. And I see the banana peppers. And as soon as I see them, I go to grab the banana peppers. And she's over here. And she kind of turns around. And she goes to grab something almost at the exact same time. And both of us, as we're reaching for the items that we wanted, we could tell we were about to breach the social distancing requirements. So you could see both of us reaching in, and then it was like this, boom! We both just backed up right away. 
I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry about that. She looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry about that. And then all of a sudden she looked at me and she goes, this is just crazy. This is just silly. I hate this so much. She said, I hate living in fear every day. I hate that I can't even reach for an item I want without being scared that you're going to touch me. I just hate this so much. It doesn't feel like we're really living at all, does it? And I just looked at this lady and I said, you're right. There's a part of us. We're not really living. But I could see this fear trying to come in. And I could see it wanting to grip her heart, just like you can see it in all the stores that you go into right now. That there is this fear, and the enemy is trying to come, and he's trying to grip the hearts of every man, every woman, and every child with this fear. And I could just see it deep in her hearts, and I just wanted to look at her and say, No, in Jesus' name, no! And right now, even, if you are experiencing that fear, I just say, No, in the name of Jesus Christ. No, in the name of Jesus Christ, that fear is trying to take over the hearts of men and women. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't honor the self-isolation. I'm not saying we shouldn't keep our social distancing. I'm saying that's a good thing. You know, when you see a hole in the ground, you don't just walk over it. You walk around it because it's the right thing to do. It's the wise thing to do. We still need to be smart, but we can't let this fear come and begin to hold on to our hearts and begin to take root because it begins to shift who we are as a person. Just like Steve said last week, there is power in our words. And if we come in agreement with the enemy and we breathe these lies one after another, it begins to birth this fear over our hearts. I mean, some of you need to stop watching the media right now. I mean, the media is reporting every terrible thing. And I know some of you know this. As soon as you watch it, you can feel the anxiety building up in your hearts. I'm going to tell you something. Stop watching it. Stop watching it and get on your knees and start praying to Jesus. Right? Don't let the messages of the world right now come and take hold of your hearts. We need this fear to end in the name of Jesus Christ. And I have to say, I haven't really experienced a ton of fear when it comes to this COVID-19. I honestly believe in my Savior. I believe that he is still the same today as he was a month ago. He hasn't changed at all. In fact, I know he's got this taken care of. So in my heart, I feel this boldness to say things are going to change, and they're going to change for the better because that's what our God does. He uses these circumstances to do something even more powerful. He uses them to bring people together. He uses them to do amazing things because that's who he is. You know, so as I was praying, but I, I felt the Lord say, but I want you to have compassion for the people. Because the people do have fear. The people are being ruled by this fear right now. Many of them are. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to have a compassion. And the Lord said, you know what? I'm going to show you right now what that fear feels like. And the Lord instantly brought me back to a memory. And he brought me back to a memory when I was a kid. And I remember being in a shopping center with my mom. I can't remember. Maybe it was Zeller's or whatever it was. And we're in this shop, and we're looking around. And you guys know, when you were kids, when your mom went shopping, she spent a lot of time looking at clothes and other stuff. 
And so my mom, she's in there, and she's looking at everything. And as a young kid, you can realize this is torture. And this was complete torture for me. I mean, I was a kid who was very hyperactive. You know, I always needed to be doing something. I was the kid who climbed the walls. You know, at the restaurant, I was the kid that no parent wanted to take to the restaurant. And so for some reason, my mom takes me shopping to Zeller's. And I'm just going crazy. And I remember as she's looking around at all the aisles, I'm looking to see if there's any hope. Is there something in here that I would like? So, of course, I'm looking for the toy aisle or whatever it is. And so I'm looking around, and I'm looking around, and I'm looking around, and I see something that piques my interest. And all of a sudden, I start to drift off, and I walk that way a little bit. And I kind of peek back, and I see my mom. And then I start to drift a little bit more and a little bit more, and I peek back, and I see my mom. And then as I see it a little bit more, I'm like, oh, wow, that's some pretty cool stuff. I really want to go over there. And then I just start staring at it. Then all of a sudden, I look back. And when I look back, my mom's not there anymore. And I remember right in that moment, I remember the fear that just started to come in. And it started to grip my heart. I remember I'm looking real quick. Where is she? Where is she? The panic is setting in. Right, almost this feeling of chaos inside of my heart. And I could feel it starting to build up more and more and more as I couldn't find her. And I looked and I looked. I didn't see my mom. Then all of a sudden, I had a choice to make. And we all do something when we're hit with a situation like this. When fear is presented to us, when a situation that is uncomfortable is presented to us, we have these things that we build, these certain systems, these things that we do, these default mechanisms. And I didn't really know what mine was until that very moment. All of a sudden, I didn't run and find somebody to help me. I didn't go try to find the checkout aisle so they could announce to my mom. I literally found a clothing rack. I got down on my knees, and I almost hid in the clothing rack. And I just began to weep. I just began to cry. And I began to cry because I was just so scared. And I felt like if I could hide close to this clothing rack, that I would be safe in there, that no one could hurt me, no one could touch me. But these emotions just began to flood in my heart. And I just began to weep because the fear was building up inside of me. And I could hear the Lord saying, that's what it feels like for some of these people. That same fear that you experienced, and that's what they're fearing right now. That's what it feels like inside their hearts. They're tormented by it. Some of them are crying. Some of them are screaming. Some of them are so confused. Some of them are filled with anxiety, doubt, this lack of hope. They're scared. They're just scared. And I could feel the compassion all of a sudden starting to enter my heart at that moment. And then all of a sudden, this lady kind of walked around, and she seen me, and she could just see me crying there. And she reached down to me, and she said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, I can't find my mom anywhere. Now, she brought a little bit of comfort to me, just a little bit. I was still freaking out, but she grabbed my hand, and she pulled me up. And after she pulled me up, She said, I'm going to take you to the checkout thing. And from there, they'll find your mom. And I said, okay. So she takes me all the way to the little checkout thing. They actually sat me on the counter. About four or five people came, and they started to try to bring me comfort in that moment because they knew what was going on. They've experienced this before. They've experienced kids getting lost. They knew they needed to try to bring some kind of comfort to me. 
So right in that moment, they're all trying to bring this comfort, but it still wasn't fully there. My heart was still beating. I could feel it beating out of my chest. And all of a sudden, they got on the little announcer, and they announced it. We have a kid here. His name is Chris Bannis. If the mother could please come. Well, of course, my mom came running because she was looking for me too, right? When she found me, she just grabbed me. She embraced me, and she hugged me, and I grabbed my mom. I fully embraced her, and I fully hugged her, and I was crying tears of joy because my mom had found me. And in an instant of a second, all of that fear, all of that anxiety, all of that stress, all of that confusion, all of that doubt was instantly removed. Instantly removed as soon as my mom came into the picture. And I mean, my mom grabbed me, and from there she began to tell me how much she loved me, and I began to tell her, I love you so much, I'll never do that again, I'll never do that again. And then, of course, as we're going, I'm gripping onto her arm because I don't want to get lost again. She's gripping onto my ear, of course, because she's a little mad at me now too, right? Once she found me, the love part was done. Now the anger part came in. She was mad. She's like, don't you ever do that again. And I was like, I didn't want to do it. It just kind of happens. Well, and of course, then we finished our shopping and did all the things that we did. And I was thinking to myself in that moment, and I want to tell you something, man, because I feel for some of you that fear. It's literally trying so hard to grip so many of our hearts. And we're saying, what do we do? We hear the messages about having more faith. We need to have more faith. We need to have more faith. And I always say, where is the button? Where is the button we can push just to have more faith? Well, we can't normally find it. But I'm going to tell you something. There actually is a button. There is something you can do to actually build your faith. And as I thought more and more about this situation, the Lord made it very clear to me. Very clear to me. And he said, in this season, honor the word of God, where the word of God says, draw close to me, and I will draw close to you. Just like my mom, when she found me, the fear left. Let me tell you something. When we find Jesus, that fear will leave. He is the answer. He is the solution. There is no other option right now. No matter what you can try to grab onto right now, that's not going to fix it. It's not going to help it. In fact, more than ever right now, you don't need a church to do this. All you need is yourself in a room, and you need to be saying, Jesus, I love you. You need to get on your knees. You need to start to declaring how good he is. You need to love him. You need to worship him. You need to pray to him because the word is true. I mean, some of us are wondering, what is truth right now? I mean, in the midst of so many lies, the Word of God says that He is the way if you feel lost. He will guide you. It says He is the truth. In the midst of all the lies and all the words that are being presented to you, so many of them, which one's true, which one's not, there is one truth, and He is the truth. So we need to get into the Word of God because that's the truth that will set you free. That's the truth that will bring freedom to your heart. That's the truth that will bring you peace. We're worried about our lives. Of course we are. What well, says, He is the way, the truth, and the life. As believers, we have eternal life. We never have to worry. That worry is removed because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. I mean, the Scripture tells us, I want to read this. This is out of... 
John 16.33, and it says this. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, let me read this one part again. It says, I have said these things to you, that in me, that in me you may have peace. So if you want fear removed, there's one option. It's in him. It's in him. It's in Jesus Christ. It's the only option. It's the only solution. There's nothing else you can do. If you're reaching for other comforts, they are not the answer. He has given us the comforter in the form of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying if you would reach out to the comforter, he'll comfort you. Because that's who he is. That's what he does. And his sons and daughters of the Most High King, we need to know this, and this needs to be oozing out of our hearts because we need to bring the compassion to the world to tell them it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. When we're in the shopping centers getting our food, and you can see it, you may not be able to get close to them, but you can still tell them it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We have a responsibility as the body of Christ to bring this life to the world. In the midst of all this fear, let's bring them Jesus. Let's bring them Jesus in the midst of all this fear. You know, well, how does this all exactly fit in with Easter? Because this is Easter weekend. And this does fit in with Easter, 100%. Let me tell you something. We have celebrated Easter our whole life. And for most of us, our Easter consists of going to church on Sunday, going home, and having a meal with family, and getting a few holidays in there. That's what our Easter consists of. Now, I know many of us as faith believers, we pray, and we love God, we do all the right things. But let me tell you something. Jesus' Easter wasn't the same. It was completely different I mean, it wasn't filled with a celebration at that moment. I mean, it was filled with a lot of question marks. Just ask the disciples. Ask Mary. Ask the ones who loved him and who surrounded him. There was a lot of question marks. In fact, if we go into the Word and we go back all the way to the garden, when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, if possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. But let your will be done rather than mine. That's so powerful of who he is. That he was willing to receive the suffering so that you and I, our sins could be forgiven, that we could be reconciled with him. That's what God does. But you know, the guards came shortly after that. And when the guards came to arrest Jesus, do you know what the disciples said? did in Matthew 26 56 this is what they did it says this it says they forsake him and they fled why did they forsake him and why did they flee because they were scared even the disciples had fear inside their hearts there were so many question marks they didn't know what was going to happen They were scared. It looked chaotic. It looked crazy. And that was just the beginning. Because we knew after this, they took Jesus to the authorities of the time. And he got passed back and forth. And eventually, they brought him to Pilate. When they brought him to Pilate, he didn't see anything wrong with him. 
But he gave the people an option. He said, you know what? I'll either free Jesus or I'll free Barabbas. And of course they took Barabbas, if I said that right, sorry. Mark's waving at me going, no, you didn't say it right at all, and I probably didn't. That's okay, right? You know I say a lot of funny things. Miracle, right? That's right. But let me tell you something. In this moment, it's a powerful moment because Jesus was sentenced to the cross at that point. I mean, you really got to think about this. They took him. They mocked him. They spat on him. They beat him and they whipped him. And once they finished doing all of this, they basically said to him, your time has come. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head. After they placed that crown of thorns on his head, I can tell you something that Jesus didn't do. He didn't run through all of this. As crazy, as scary, as chaotic as it was, he didn't run. Because he knew God had a master plan. Because God always has a master plan. Because God is in control. After this, they made him carry a cross all the way up to Golgotha. When they got up there, they laid him down. They nailed each of his hands. They nailed his feet to the cross. They raised that cross up, and then they mocked him, looked at him and said things like, he calls himself a king, but he can't even save himself. Nine hours went by, and after the ninth hour, we knew that an earthquake came. It shook. The veil was torn, and Jesus' head went down right after he said the words, it is finished. In that moment, I can't even imagine what was going on in the hearts of those who loved him. The fear that must have gripped their hearts. Shortly after that, they took him off the cross. They wrapped him in linen cloth. They took him and they placed him in a tomb. And they placed a stone in front of it. This probably looked pretty chaotic, pretty scary, like there was no return from it. But let me tell you something. God was not blinking an eye because he knew, and we knew this, that three days later, three days later that that tomb would be rolled aside, that that stone would be rolled aside, and that when they went in there to find Jesus, he was not there because he rose from the dead. Defeating sin and death in that moment. All of the chaos, all the craziness, all that stuff that didn't seem right. It was so scary, but it all had a purpose. And God was in control the entire time. Let me tell you something. God is still in control. He knows what he's doing. In a few minutes here, we're going to start to get ready for communion. But I just want to read that scripture again to you that I declared earlier. Because this is Thomas who was in a conversation with the Lord. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. 
And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want you to get that in your hearts today. That he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He is the answer to all of this. And so if fear is trying to hold on to your hearts, I want to challenge you today just to get before the Lord today. On this Easter Sunday, just to get before him and to begin to declare who he is. Begin to tell him how much you love him. Begin to pray. Begin to worship. Do the things that are needed to be done. Because I will tell you this, as you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. And he will take that fear away. And so I want to pray for you right now, and I want to pray for all those in our community. And I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you, if you can, just to stand up and to stretch your hands towards our community because right now what they don't need from us is any judgment at all. They need our prayers, they need our support, and they need our love. And so we're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for those of you right now that feel that struggle within your own heart. Because you know that anxiety rises up. That fear rises up. So in the name of Jesus Christ, right now we just say, Jesus, we know that you are good. We know in the midst of what looks chaotic, out of control, we know to you this is not that way. We know that you have a plan. We know that you see what's going on. We know that you will use this to your advantage because that's who you are. In fact, you are still moving right now. You are moving in communities. People are getting saved today. They're getting saved in Jesus' name. People are actually getting healed in Jesus' name. You are still moving. People are serving in ways that we've never seen them serve before. People are loving one another in ways that we've never seen them love before. Why? Because God is still moving. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he has got your backs. And so community, right now, stretch your hands to them. We pray for you, community. And we say, we will cover you in the name of Jesus. There's one thing you need to do, and as Pastor Mark said it earlier, just invite Jesus into your heart. And he will bring you the peace. He will destroy the anxiety. He will destroy the depression. He will destroy the fear that grips your heart when it comes to finances. He'll begin to take these things away because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. We declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something right before we shift over, folks. There are amazing things going on in our own community right now, in Spruce Village. I've seen this. There is a Facebook thing going on right now of people saying, we'll do whatever it takes to help you. A lady just two days ago, she put a post up, I'm going shopping. Probably 40 people messaged her. She said she'd pick them all up. I mean, God is moving on the hearts of people in powerful ways. And this is that time. This is that season that we show the love of God to every single person around us. In Jesus' name, amen.